We're sitting on the most perfect beach in the world, and all we can think about is where. Where can I hook up my mom? Digital pen, hard at work. Yeah, you apparently didn't put one of the new cover sheets on your TPS report. So should we send it to first? Just a couple of people. The question is, who are they going to send it to? This podcast is brought to you by Search Engine Journal, and you're listening to Marketing Nerds. Hi, everybody. I'm John Rampton with Marketing Nerds by SCJ. Today, we are joined with Jason Demers from Audience Boom. How's it going? Not too bad. Thank you very much, John. Pleasure hey. to be here. Hey, thanks for uh, thanks for being here. You write a lot of content. I sure do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always enjoy your content. Uh, you write for Forbes, Inc., Entrepreneur, Huffington Post, Wall Street Journal, Search Engine Journal, Search Engine Land, Search Engine Watch. Who else? I mean, uh, you know, I, I think you, uh, I think you nailed most of them there. Most of them. Um, but yeah, L- it's, lots uh, of places. You pu- you put out a lot of content. Um, you know, I I wanted to go in today. Uh, something I've noticed that you do a lot better than other people is your titles. You have very engaging titles that draw people in to your content. Uh, most everybody out there writing on these things puts out good content. Uh, you know, to get in these publications, you have to have good content. But your content gets engagement. It gets a lot more readership and a lot more views by, you know, by everybody, especially on, you know, the ones I have access to their analytics. Your articles get more traction. How do you do it? Well, it's a good question. Um, you know, I don't have any any hard data to back this up, but... Uh, Anecdotally, I would say that the title of your article probably plays around 90 to 95% of uh, into whether it's going to be successful or not. And when I say successful, what I talk, what I mean is how much traffic it's going to get, um, how much engagement, sharing uh, it, that it's going to get, and page views, of course. And so, for me, before I do anything else. I think about the title and I think about how can I make this sharing uh, shareable or how, how can I make this grab somebody? How can I make it, how can I make people want to read further? And so there's an element of psychology to it. Um, entering college years ago, I was really interested in psychology and so I took a couple of courses. Um, but what really, uh, what really helped, I, I think, with kind of the way that I craft my titles was two and a half years of experience in email marketing. Uh, doing email marketing, Cut, it's cutthroat all, industry. You, oh <laughs> man, you got it. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, within email marketing, the whole goal is to get people to first open the email, you know, or else they're yeah. not going to see what's in it. And so you have to track open rates and sending emails to uh, literally, you know, millions of people. I was able to get a lot of really good data on what types of titles attract clicks or opens and which ones just don't. And so I found out some interesting things. I mean, uh, one, one pretty, uh, significant finding was, uh, that simplicity is the key. Don't be too long with the title, make it punchy. Um, numbers are always very, very useful. Uh, however, the reason why I hesitate at that is because you know, t- uh, numbered posts, listicles are so popular. Everybody's doing them because they're so, because uh, they are so, uh, I suppose, successful with page views. Is that you don't want your 
article to seem like it's just one one more of those. Yeah. Um, I found that seven is a magic number, though, for some reason. And I think there's actually been psychology published about the number seven. Um, and I've also found that on the opposite end of the spectrum, uh, lists of 50 or 100 are very, very popular as well. So yeah. there's kind of specific magic numbers that are I've, in I, We've also actually, on a previous uh, podcast with John Voigtnot, he also said seven yeah. was a magic number. So I it's, think there is something about the number seven and, you know, list with seven there's something to that number you know it's not just uh it's not just a number at the craps table it's there's something yeah. magical about that um so you know other things that i've that i've found are um really kind of framing uh a piece of content as being the definitive guide or you know your guide your source this is the one stop uh, the one stop shop for this information or on this topic this is the authoritative source that really attracts a lot of clicks because people don't want to see just another person's opinion about something. They want to see what is the right opinion about yeah. something. So you have to kind of, um, you know, uh, you have to be confident in your writing and you have to, uh, I guess it also, you know, definitely helps if you do know <laughs> the subject matter and if you are a subject matter expert. Um, but I've found that that's also helpful. Other things I've noticed, other trends are, uh, making titles appear timely. So for instance, including the current year, uh, for instance, you know, here's your guide to SEO in 2014. Yeah. Um, you know, people want to know what's the guide this year. How do I know this isn't the guide for five years ago? I don't want to read the guide for five years ago. Yeah. So that's a good thing. Do you, do you find that that does better in Google? You know, I do. Um, I found that, uh, for instance, in, uh, some of my publications at Forbes, I've done articles since I've been writing for them for over a year, I've done articles that talked about, you know, best practices in 2013 and then best practices in 2014, and Google always outranks the 2014 uh, versions. So that could be because they're newer and Google crawled them later. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, some may say, well, you know, the older articles probably have way more inbound links. So Which is probably true. Right, and most people would agree that the more inbound links some, you know, a page has, the more likely it is to rank highly. But I think that's evidence that Google is more likely to rank uh, timely information. So that also kind of plays into publishing more content more frequently in order to get better visibility in rankings. Yeah. So I want to go a little bit more back to titles. Sure. And in that, what's the key link? Like, do you have a specific, like you said, the shorter, the better. Like, so do you have like a five words or six words max in a title? Or, I mean, what's kind of the sweet spot? It's a good question. You know, I kind of tend to just eyeball it. Uh, some of my articles are have only been three-word titles, and they've performed well. I've had other ones that have been probably 10, 11, or 12 words, and they've performed well, too. Um, so I wouldn't say there's essentially a sweet spot. I, I do try to, when I can, keep titles under 65 characters because I want them to yeah. display nicely with uh, Google's search results pages with the title tags and such. Also um, tweeting. And also tweeting, so you can yeah. add your name in there, have the thing, and not have it go that's, to a... That's a great point, too, because if your articles are going to get page views, they need to be easily retweetable. People aren't going to want to tinker with them to, to make it work. So yeah, that's 65 characters, that's a, that's a good thing. So when you're writing the content, um, how long should your content be? Good question. Um, my articles tend to be between 900 generally to 1,500 words. Some of mine are 2,000 or more. It really just depends on, on the topic that you're covering and and... I wouldn't say that there's 
that there should be a limit on one end or the other. Yep. Uh, if you are going to write a definitive guide to something, you know, and it needs to be 5,000 words. Yeah, that's definitive <laughs> guide is not 500 words. <laughs> right, right. You, you got it. So it can be 5,000 words. You could consider breaking it up into two or three different sections. But honestly, from a user perspective, uh, a user experience perspective, I would... I, I tend to not really vouch for that. Uh, if I'm a reader, I want something all in one place. I don't want to have to go to different places to find it. Um, but I think I'm getting a little bit off track with that. So when it comes to word count, Google has been, it has been shown that Google tends to favor longer content. So I would say that if you can make it longer without making it more fluffy, then do that because just add more information and make sure that the information you're adding is dense with information and not filled with fluff. Okay. Great, great tips. Um, next question, kind of going along the content. Um, how do you break down your content? Obviously, you put out a lot of posts, you know, four, five, six, ten posts a day. Uh, you obviously are writing a ton. Um, how do you best write? I mean, uh, for myself, I write a lot of content, and I typically write titles. And then that allows my brain to start thinking about it. I'll write, uh, like, a list of titles and then write the content after instead of title, content, title, content. How do you come up with content? You got it. So I also have a notepad full of just a bunch of titles. And what I've found is that throughout the course of a, of a normal day's work, I'll run into problems or questions. Uh, you know, sometimes clients have questions for me and their question pertains to an article idea that I had maybe three weeks ago. And I think, you know what, now is a more perfect time than ever to write this article because this is going to answer my client's question and it's also going to answer anybody else who has the same question um, while also allowing me to continue to, to write content and publish great content. Yeah. So it's kind of a, um, for me, it starts with the title, just like you, uh, and then it kind of comes to an as-needed basis. Do I, do I need this or do I have something timely to say about this? Or do I have a unique perspective or opinion on this that you know that I I need to publish soon while the topic is trending or hot? Yeah. Uh, I, I I tend to look at those factors and I try to really catch the the strategic um, side of content publication with that. Now, so an article goes live. What do you do? Well, there's a number of different things. Um, first of all, you know, there's typically share buttons on the the page itself, you know, yep. and typically you've got Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, maybe Google Plus and, uh, and such. So I'll, I'll hit all those, you know, generally right as soon as the article is published because yep. I want people to start getting eyeballs on it, you know, as fresh yep. as it is. Um, I also will share it on StumbleUpon and I've found that in some cases StumbleUpon can result in tens if not hundreds of thousands of views. I think in two cases I've had StumbleUpon uh, just go viral for me and it went crazy beyond my expectations and it drove hundreds of thousands literally of views. So stumble upon, you know, even though it might only work one out of a hundred times, it's worth That's submitting. still one out of a hundred times. You got it. And it's worth submitting for every article. That's so, so I make a point to do that. Um, I also have found LinkedIn groups to be very, very helpful. So, uh, for instance, if you look at my LinkedIn profile, I'm a member of about 50 groups and I think 50 is actually the maximum number of groups. Um, but LinkedIn has very easy sharing functionality where you can share uh, articles along with a comment on them straight to your groups and it goes to your group discussion feeds. So what I do is, and this is a bit of a time consuming process, but once you do it 10 times, you get fast at it. 
is I share each of my articles in all of the relevant LinkedIn groups for which I'm a member. And uh, what happens is that drives discussion. It actually makes me, come, me become a top contributor in those groups because uh, the, I'm contributing so often to the discussions, yeah. which actually gives me even more visibility in those groups. Uh, and once people can see those discussions and comment on them and comment on the article itself, it drives more and more page views, more traffic. You've also got LinkedIn yeah. users who are now sharing it with their colleagues. Uh, so that's been a very helpful, helpful method for me. Yeah. That's kind of my, uh, I would say that's my, my kind of tactic that comes out of the, out of the pocket, yeah. you know, that's really working well for me. Yeah. Now, do you share it with friends, family, anything like that? Like, tell us a little bit more. So you press all these buttons, you share it on LinkedIn, any other things like, oh, like me personally, I, I shoot it around to a couple friends that would find it relevant, you know, anything like that? Yes, absolutely. So, um, you know, I participate on, you know, various online chat throughout the day. And if I uh, have a friend or a colleague or an industry expert who might find an article valuable for their audience, then absolutely I'll send them the link and, and say, hey, would you mind giving this a read? And if you think it's relevant, share it. Uh, and that's been really valuable for, uh, you know, for building relationships with other influencers as well as with uh, colleagues and uh, kind of expanding your own audience to include that of uh, other influencers as well. So that's a really great tactic. Okay, excellent. Now, uh, just final tip. Um, what's your number one tip for people when creating content? Interesting. So what I've found, uh, this, I'm not sure if this is a tip for creating content, but uh, I'm going to give it a go because this really struck me as very interesting. But when you make predictions about things that are, that you think will happen, they tend to do extremely well. Um, I had a series of four articles that I published on Forbes last year that discussed various predictions I had for 2014 about things that would happen in the uh, online marketing industry. And I think each one of those posts had 100,000 views at least. One of them reached almost 700,000. Wow. Um, and so people love predictions, and then people love to see how those predictions performed. So it, it's not a tip that's going to apply to every to all the content you write, but if you can at least sprinkle in some predictions posts in your overall content strategy, I think you're going to find that your readers will be very interested uh, in reading that and also sharing it. Cool. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Jason. Again, John Rampton here with uh, Marketing Nerds, and uh, look for our next episode. Make sure to download the episode today, and we'll see you next time. Thanks. This Marketing Nerds podcast has been brought to you by Search Engine Journal. For more news, interviews, and how-to guides from marketing experts from around the world, visit us at searchenginejournal.com.